0: And welcome to Unashamed, a smut lover's podcast, where we just want to talk with you about smut. I am Kelsey. And I'm Courtney. And today we are doing our taboo episode. Um, so lots of disclaimers on this one. Uh, taboo, if you're not aware, is basically the forbidden. Um, we just want to say... You know, as always, these are just our opinions. If we like something that you didn't like or you didn't like something that we like, uh, then no harm, no foul. It's not the end of the world. Everybody likes different things. Um, I just want to also say before we jump into this, like, no judgment in the taboo world, okay? In the taboo episode. uh, We're going to talk about some things today that are definitely not... um. Typically disgust, I would say. Not anything you would talk to your grandma about. It's Um, definitely
1: not mainstream romance, that's for sure. Some of it.
0: It's the the forbidden is what we're talking about today. So um, this isn't necessarily things that, like, we would be down for in real life by any means. Well, except maybe age gap. I am in an age gap relationship. (laughs) Same. But the rest of it, like, probably not, you know. Um, It's all just imagination is fiction um so if you think that maybe you are or could be a judgmental person this is not the episode for you and we would love to see you in the next one yeah um, our podcast
1: name is unashamed which means we can talk about this without shame for better or worse and that means we don't like judgy mcjudgersons coming up and ruining our safe place
0: yeah and so we just definitely wanted to give a disclaimer on this one because uh We're going to be talking about some uh, heavier stuff. Okay, so we also wanted to just give like a big trigger warning right off the bat. If you have triggers, you need to read the trigger warnings and take the initiative to do that so that you don't end up messing yourself up.
1: Read your Um, author's notes. Read your websites. Definitely, if you're looking for a taboo and or dark subject book, you have to, and you have triggers, you have to do your due diligence.
0: Yeah, especially when it, yeah, like Courtney said, especially when it comes to taboo, um, there's a lot of triggers that are going to pop up for people, I'm sure of it. Because a lot of times, in my experience, when reading taboo romances, there's usually some kind of dark background to the characters to make them like the things that they like not always but a lot of times in taboo like it is a sad backstory just keep that in mind whenever you approach a taboo book that that could be the case and always make sure to check your triggers why don't you go first so we can end on the last one that i read today
1: Okay, um, so my first taboo subject would is going to be pseudo-incest, and the book is Dirty Love by Bethany Winters. Uh, we've talked about it a little on here before. I believe we did in our male-male episode. Uh, but Do you want to explain what pseudo-incest is? Yes. Okay, so pseudo-incest, um, at least for me, and uh, like a common one for it is like if they – if the step siblings have grown up from a very young age together and essentially think of each other as brother 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 sister um and also for me it's pseudo incest if like that's what helps them kind of get off in the relationship like the the brother like oh you know this is my brother that i'm you know doing the do with so
0: also pseudo incest could be where they think they are related, and then there's a plot twist at the end that you find out they're not actually blood related, but they think that they are. Yes. Um, that's not the case in Dirty Love, but no, um, there are a lot of books like that, and that would be considered pseudo
1: uh, pseudo incest as well. Yep. All right, so um, I am going to go ahead and uh do a trigger warning. Real fast, uh, so graphic language, explicit sex scenes, underage drinking and drug abuse, homophobia, homophobia. You got this, I believe. You. <laughs> homophobia, oh my gosh, that's not a funny matter. And homophobic <laughs> slurs, abuse, depression, self-harm, violence, attempted sexual assault, a graphic hate crime, non-consensual group sex, and murder. Yeah, it's a heavy list. I I took the trigger warnings. Two of my uh, books today have them. So I took them straight from the author's note, because I figured they could explain it better than I ever could by memory.
0: Yeah, it's a Um, it's a
1: it's a fantastic book. I I know that doesn't. It sounds bad um, when you hear the triggers up front. But for those of you who do have uh, triggers, you know, in that group, either be cautious or skip it. I, I'm never gonna tell you to throw away your triggers and you know run with it and read a book that will, you know, hurt you. So this is a male male book. It's stepbrothers Nikki and Cade. They grew up together from very young age. I believe they were like three when I their parents so. met and married, and each parent adopted the other kid. So they're in a very homophobic small town in maine being gay is obviously frowned upon and um it's even described in the book that like if you're not homophobic you're wrong like you're it's weirder for you not to be their dad is really abusive and he also killed their mother that's not really a spoiler because it's like in the first three pages of the book but they're not allowed to tell anybody because it's framed as like the dad said that there was an intruder while the boys were sleeping upstairs and he, you know, he chased the guy and but they know that he did it. So uh, Nikki is gay and he's in love with his brother. Cade is uh, bisexual, I would say, or or he's just Nikki sexual. Yeah, Um <laughs> And so Cade kind of tells him to keep those feelings down. Don't say anything. Don't tell anyone, you know, uh, we'll get out of here. As soon as we're 18, I'll take you away from here. We'll go wherever you want. And then this new kid comes to town, Jasper. Jasper is uh, maybe not openly gay, but he's definitely, like, you can tell, at least Nikki can. And so Jasper is kind of, um, he notices something that nobody else in town notices between Cade and Nikki. He's like, you know, something's going on with you two. Nobody else gets it because they've seen you grow up together and think, oh, you're just really close brothers. But like, I see, I see what's going on. He attempts, you know, he, he keeps trying to provoke Cade by hitting on Nikki and trying to, uh, trying to, you know, out, out Nicky to the town and, you know, the people. And uh, as the story goes on, it's i don't really want to say um yeah, i guess I you can guess from the triggers mm-hmm. but something really bad happens and uh you know it's it's good it's it ends happy it ends with like an epilogue i think a few years later it's a really hot story too like it starts with foreplay and it builds and um it high steam and yeah super super good
0: lots of anticipation lots of sexual tension and lots of angst yeah, it was an excellent, excellent book. We I think we read this one at the same time and it was just like holy shit. We were we both- texting back and
1: forth, like, are you at this part yet? <laughs>
0: yeah. It was amazing. It's a fantastic book. One of yeah, one of my favorite taboos that I've read. Um, okay, so my first one is ex's dad, where basically whoever they may be gets with their ex's dad. I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. I did Daddy's Angel by K.A. Knight. So the main female character is in like a lackluster relationship. Her boyfriend doesn't really pay close attention to her. And he's kind of controlling. And just it's just not – she doesn't come very often with him. Like (laughs) things are not great. And then so she goes with him to meet his dad at his dad's birthday party and there's like immediately a spark a connection before they even realize like who the other person is and um once they're introduced it's kind of like oh shit you know but throughout the next six months they're with each other pretty often every time boyfriend brings her over to his dad's and there's obviously a connection there there's You know, obviously a friendship forming, lots of sexual tension building, but there's nothing that they can do about it. Then she finds out that her boyfriend cheated on her and she has sex with his dad to get revenge. One night turns into more and they end up forming a relationship and then tragedy strikes. I'm not going to give any spoilers about that, but it does throw a wrench in all of their beautiful, wonderful plans it does end with a happy ever after but and it's it's extremely high spice like i don't think i realized the first time i read it how high of spice it is like i felt like the whole book was just like sex scene sex scene sex scene sex scene like i felt like there wasn't even a whole lot of like content outside of the sex (laughs) which like is fine i just don't remember uh the first time i read it being like Holy shit, like do they do anything other than fuck? But, like this time that's what was going through my head. <laughs> I'm like he's in his 40s. How does he get it up that fast? But no, um no, it was really high spices. I mean, it's a good book. I've enjoyed it both times that I've read it. I reread it for this episode. So, yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, so if you're looking for like a lot of fucking sex, then that's that's a good one for you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I also recommend Daddy's Angel. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good daddy book. And um, it's, yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize how much sex was in it either.
0: If you reread it, you'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, the first time I, I think it's because of, when you read it the second time, like you already know what's going to happen.
1: So you just pay attention to different things.
0: Yeah, you're just seeing it in a different light. It's not that I didn't enjoy it this time. I did it's still a hot book. K night is wonderful. But yeah, the first time I was like more paying attention to like their love and the storyline and like <laughs> you know, things like that. And then this time that I read it, I was like, "Oh my god, they have sex like 93% of the book." <laughs> that's that's an estimation. That's not that's not scientific, but um yeah, so if, if you want a lot of smut packed into one book, that's Daddy's Angels, a good one for you.
1: Nice. Okay, so my next one is uh, the student teacher uh, trope. It's mistletoe kisses by Sam Mariano. Um, I want to preface this by saying, I also, uh, sorry, Sam Mariano and Isabella Sterling, both of these authors are not known for like what this book is like. This is one of the sweetest, fluffiest, and also shortest book I've ever read by either of these authors. They normally do darker themes. This is like, it's so fluffy, and I loved it. This is my palette, one of my palette cleanser books. It's my go-to. If I've read something really heavy and I need to like lighten my mood again, I, I go for here. It's also you, very short. You picked a fluffy for a taboo episode. Because it's so? student teacher, and honestly, I really thought that it was longer and also um, different. And by the time that I had finished reading it, because all of my books this week were rereads. Uh And um, that was the first student teacher I could think of. And so once I reread it, I was like, oh, shit, I don't have time to find another book by – I I finished it yesterday. And I was like, I don't have time to find another book by tomorrow and read two more books. So – uh, this is what we're stuck with. It's- I can throw a bonus in there after you explain it if you want. Sure. <laughs> if you. Ever- okay. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I loved this book. It was uh, so. It's, it's also very low, uh, low steam, low spice. Uh, there's only like one sex scene in the book, but it's so short and the plot is like really good. I loved it. So, uh, 18-year-old Noel is a student of Callan. 28. He finds her attractive, but he's never acted on it before with a student. He's you know. Um, so that changes when she gets asked out by a boy in front of him, like in class. And he's like, yeah, not going to happen. You know, Um, so he he intervenes and he tells her that one of the papers that she's written for his class, he's like, you're wildly naive. You know, your viewpoint sucks and uh you need extra tutoring. And that's not normal for her. She's a she's an overachiever student. She's like, you know, one of those high, you know, she always gets high grades and so she's just flabbergasted. And She's like, well, what can I do? And so he tells her, he's like, yeah, we're going to do some extra tutoring to get you out of your comfort zone. Wink, wink. So... uh yeah. Then um, one of their dates actually is really cute. They're like, the first time they're doing this tutoring thing, he takes her to like a bookstore and gets her like her favorite erotica novel, and then has her read it back at his place. And um, like, for the most part, this book is mostly like flirting and kind of foreplay-ish stuff. And uh, then they're caught. She goes to his house one night and his sister is there. The, you know, the sister kind of knocks some sense in, into him and is like, hey, like this could ruin your reputation, your life, your career, you know, and so he he backs off, he breaks it off with her. And then the next day, he's at school and one of the other teachers comes up and says, hey, you have to take over this community outreach program. You know, they're doing like a, a drive, um, as the name suggests, this is a Christmas book. So uh, he has to take over um, as this the teacher advisor for this club. Guess who runs it? It's Noel. So she's she basically runs the entire thing herself. She's self-sufficient. So he ends up having to take her like a town away to um, pick up donations for their uh, like Christmas present drive for the kids. They are, when they get to this other town, there's like a, a snowstorm. There's a blizzard, like the roads are pretty undriveable. And uh, he actually has stalled because he realizes, you know, I want her and she had, you know, she, she wasn't responding the way I think he thought she would. So he, he kind of stalls them. They end up stuck at this hotel in this town, one away and, um, you know, they, uh, and then that's, so that's the end of the book. And then there's an epilogue from a year later. Uh, it's like I said, it's super short, super sweet. And it's one of the sweetest books I've ever read they do have to hide their relationship obviously because he's 10 years older than her and her teacher so but I I would definitely recommend it if you're just looking for something lighthearted and cute with a little bit of that taboo secrecy going on yeah that's that's it
0: (laughs) cool um so as a bonus so voyeur by Fiona Cole is a student teacher as well um she he's her professor so She works at a – it's kind of a sex club where she performs. They have performances that people can watch. So it could be something as small as, like, watching somebody take a shower or masturbation. Or it could be as big as, like, a threesome or whatever. You know, like, basically whatever they ask for, the performers will go in and do. So she's a performer at this club, and he has issues with – being touched so he is a voyeur he watches so that he doesn't have to be touched so he he's watching this girl and he can't take his eyes off of her and then it turns out that she is his student and so it kind of just progresses from there without giving too many spoilers that's the basis of it but it's it's phenomenal I love that whole entire series yeah the very first book is voyeur by fiona cole and it's a student teacher as well and it's excellent in my opinion
1: i had another student teacher uh, it was a series oh, i wish i could tell you what it was oh ooh, you know what i <laughs> found it it's actually three three books uh and it's all teacher students so there's depravity by uh king by jacob chance it's king university And then uh, I believe that one is a older, oh, it's so I think it's um, an older man, younger woman. So college professor girl. Then there is one that's devilry, which is male, male. So male professor, male student. And then the last one is older woman, younger male. And they're all three by different authors. So, Depravity is by Jacob Chance. Devilry is by Marley Valentine. That's the male-male. And then Debauchery is by Remy Blake. But if you find one of them, they have the series, like, tagged together. Cool. Yeah. And it's really um, I just, I didn't have a chance to reread any of them.
0: Yeah. Okay. My next one, here Here we go back into the no-judgment zone, people. Okay. So, my next one is Incest, is the taboo subject. Um, It's Double-Edged by Nyla K. Lots of, lots of triggers on this one too. So check your trigger warnings. So it's twin boys. They're extremely clo- close. They have a uh, not so nice home life. <laughs> their mom is clearly a gold digger. After she splits with their dad, she gets remarried and He knows that she's a gold digger, but he also, like, after he met the boys, he was like, I just feel like I need to be there for them. And so, the stepdad notices one. The other notices the stepdad. As far as the twins. That's in the blurb. There's some trickery that goes on where the twins occasionally switch places. But anyways, they are almost 18 the first time there's sexual relations with the stepdad. So... I know there has been a lot of controversy as far as this book goes, as as far as that subject is concerned. Like, everybody's like, we don't care if the twins fuck, but they were two weeks away from being 18 and that's pedophilia. So, like, if you feel that way, then, like, this isn't the book for you. I just... Also, uh,
1: um, my feelings on the subject are is I have never seen a controversial book where it's a male or a, a female main character who's a couple weeks from being 18 versus older male characters. I've read so many books where it starts before she's 18 and and I've never seen as much controversy. I understand that there is more involved with the double-edged drama, especially in the um, LGBTQ community. And I can't speak for them, but um, I, I do know that like as far as the age gap thing goes or the age, you know, that, You don't see that kind of controversy on the flip side of the coin.
0: Yeah, rarely ever. I mean, there's times where it bothers me, but I'm not going to like start a riot. And this one didn't bother me. They're literally like, I think it's two weeks away from
1: being 18. It's just because of the state that they're in. So technically it's not legal until they're 18. It's California. The legal age of consent is is 18 flat. There is no 16 or 17.
0: Incest is also not legal. anywhere. If we want to, if we want to just break it down. Okay. Uh, (laughs) so anyways, the twins are very close. Um, there's a lot of their home life has kind of driven them to be close and to be protective of each other. The stepdad comes in and he actually seems to care about them. Um, whereas their parents have never cared about them before they've cared about what they can get from them, but never a Actually, about their kids. So it's a lot of love. It's a lot of sexual tension, spice. One of my all-time favorite reads. It was, it was seriously excellent. This is another one Courtney and I read together, where the whole time we were like, "Oh my god, <laughs> yes." Uh, we it's fan it's fantastic. I don't want to give away like any spoilers, but here's the thing. If yeah, they all it- have their own fucked up backgrounds that kind of draw them closer together and make their relationship work. Yeah
1: and if you can get past or you know find if you're okay with the incest thing it's a hot book okay and I know that like if it was real life I would not be saying that just like if it was real life I would not be okay necessarily with the age gap thing. Um, I have kids myself and I don't think I'd be comfortable if this was happening in real life but that for a for a fictional book It was, it was hot.
0: Yeah. The taboo aspect is like for sure there. Cause he, you know, you can read some taboo books where it's like, yeah, it's taboo, but it doesn't make it feel forbidden. And like that, I feel like it doesn't count if it doesn't have that feeling of forbidden, like have that feeling of like, we need to hide this and like, we, we shouldn't, but like, we can't help it. You know, like the anticipation, the tension, like it has, it has to all be there. To make a good, solid, taboo book for me. And Double-Edged hits on every single point you could possibly want. It is seriously fantastic. I should also mention (laughs) that this is not available on Amazon. It has been banned. So if you want to read Double-Edged by Nyla K., it is available on Eden Books. So that's, that's where you would find that. But Amazon is not it anymore. They said... They said this book is this is too spicy and and people love it too much and it's gotta go. That's that's what they said. <laughs> I just love the way
1: you said that. It's too spicy.
0: It's so good. I, I honestly like even if you're unsure, like if you're on the fence, like try it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. You can always stop reading it. But like if you think like maybe this could be. Maybe, maybe I like good books.
1: also, for then that one, read not it. just the incest, but definitely read your trigger warnings. Um, I remember some of it that uh had some definite triggering content
0: for sure. yeah, that's why I, I that's why I always just say like y- you know, take care of your own
1: trigger. Yeah your mental you health has more important you. than your reading list always,
0: yeah. That you should always do your due diligence if you have triggers to make sure that you're reading things are, that are not going to fuck you up in the in a bad way. Yeah. So.
1: All right. Um. So okay. speaking of trigger list, um, uh, my next one is the stepbrother taboo, um, and so the book is called Stepbrothers Darling by K. A. Knight. And starting off with the triggers, sexual assault, stalking and harassment, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, murder and graphic, graphic murder and torture. And that's it. As you know, which is just definitely a walk in the park. And this one is the uh, second book after Daddy's Angel. Yes. It's in this. They're in world. a series together, yeah, but they're not connected in any way. Like, they're not an interconnected series. So there's a 19-year-old woman. She moves to a new town with her gold digger mother. Her mom is, you know, a professional gold digger. She moves from husband to husband. Uh, whoever just, you know, offers her more money and, you know, lines up the next before she leaves the last. So the first day she's in town, the girl... uh she says, you know, this is where I want to stick around. She gets a job at a burlesque club so that she can save up money. And her new stepfather has three sons of his own. They're like, they they run, I, I want to say they like kind of run, maybe not a gang, but they're like the people to go to if you're looking for like guns or drugs or things like that. Like they they kind of, they run the town. You know, they're they're known as the crew because it's their last name. It's crew. And so she is like, oh, well, you know, they want to get rid of her. They're like, you can't be in our house like your mom's not going to last long. She's like, yeah, no, I know. I hate her as much as everybody else, but I'm not going anywhere and I'm not going to bow down. So it's kind of an enemies to lovers thing. Uh, she gives as good as she gets as far as it goes about halfway through the book, you find out that she has a stalker and and, and from the past and he's come back into the picture. And it's it's bad. I don't want to reveal too much more than that because the stalker part is a little bit of a spoiler. However, I feel like in order to really explain any of the plot, you kind of have to know that part. It's and it's not that bad. You know what I mean. So like the first fifty percent is just her and her stepbrothers fighting. Then from like halfway through the book to the end, it's all about the stalker part. So you, in order for you to like really understand the plot of like half of the book, you have to know about this little part. So now by the by the first half of the book, her and the stepbrothers are like, they're they're crew together you know they've adopted her into the family they're like you're ours you know nobody touches you but us and then she starts getting um messages that are familiar to her from back when her stalker was active he was actually in prison and escaped and she has major trauma like uh, it's so hard she has like super high walls she's very tough she's very independent she doesn't really need anybody um And yeah, it's good. Uh, This book also has female-female scenes. Uh, It's the very first scene in the book is a female-female scene. And then there's one more. Uh, I I didn't mind them. I liked them. But for those of you who do not enjoy that kind of content, uh, there you go. And it's very, very high steam. So like Daddy's Angel, there's a lot of sex going on. And mild kink. There's a period kind of... I wouldn't necessarily... It's like an ongoing period kink. But there's definitely, like, a very detailed scene with uh, period blood. So, you know, okay. read at your own risk. It was good, though. I liked it. Uh, I, I would say I didn't like it as much second time going around as I did the first, but it's still a good read.
0: That's how I felt about Daddy's Angels. So, like, if you haven't read them before, you'll probably absolutely love them. Um, the second time around, it's kind of – it's just different. Like, I don't know. It, you get a different vibe when you already know what's going on. I think that's the same way with a lot of books, though, that you, like, notice different things
1: when you read it a second time so my last one is uh it's the age gap trope and it's scandalous by lj shen this is an interconnecting series so i would recommend that you read the first book start with the first book this is actually the last one in that particular series the first book is vicious i believe super good uh so it's Starts with the female main character. Her name is Edie. And so she's an 18-year-old girl. She has an abusive father who comes from wealth. They live in Toto Santos, uh, California, which, um, by the way, it doesn't exist. I looked it up. It's a city in Mexico, but it doesn't exist in California. Yeah. Um, it's like the uh, wealthy, super wealthy elite, you know, think Calabasas or something like that. Um, so super wealthy, like town. Uh, So her mother is mentally ill and it's never specified what she has, but uh, essentially Edie has to like, is, she's reliant on Edie for a lot because she's just too fragile to like take on the world, you know, and um, Edie takes care of her. So also there's another, and I don't want to reveal what it is because it is a, spoiler, like I, I don't think you find out until like almost halfway through the book. Yeah, but she has something very, very important on her that her father holds over her head. And so uh, it, it, he blackmails her with it. And so, um, she steals from people. So her dad does not finance her life pretty much at all. She wears like worn clothes and, you know, run down shoes and things like that. Even though her father is a very, very wealthy man and her family objectively is wealthy, she gets none of that. And instead she's, she, um, she needs an income for things. So she robs like rich people and she only picks targets who look like they would not miss the money you know people who aren't going to rely on that for the net for their next meal or rent or whatever so she ends up making the mistake of robbing trent Rexroth's mother she steals her purse and runs and trent knows who Edie is because he is her f- one of her father's business partners they don't like each other spoiler alert uh like absolutely cannot stand each other, Um, Trent is, uh, he's 33 years old, he's a biracial single father to a daughter who is mute, by choice, Uh, she had trauma when she was, I think, a little over a year, so, um, you know, baby age, and, or maybe two, so she was baby-toddler age, and she stopped speaking, just completely stop speaking, so she sees, like, child psychologists and stuff like that, but the thing is, is uh, nobody really treats Luna, the daughter, like a person. They kind of just all, like, speak about her, like, she's not around, and uh, so where Trent and Edie's father work, it's a, like, I think it's a financial firm, and uh, so And there's also three other business partners who are Trent's best friends. They are also the men in the three previous books. For those of you who are looking to read the series, they, Edie's father blackmails her into starting as a secretary. Like he threatens the thing that he's holding over her and makes her start working as a secretary for the firm. And then blackmails her further into getting dirt and or information on Trent in order to push him out of the company so he he's trying to get rid of trent because trent is the only one of the four men who are the father's business partners that wasn't born wealthy the other three are from like you know old money rich households that he wants to like rub elbows with the last names basically but trent essentially pulled himself up and did it himself so Edie ends up meeting and bonding with luna and she notices, she was like, you know, nobody really has really made an effort to bond with this kid as a person instead of, like, just begging her to talk or begging her to communicate. Like, she's doing the best she can. She's doing it as, as it comes, you know. And so Edie ends up, like, super bonding with Luna. And Trent is like, okay, well, you're going to start watching my daughter for me, like, helping out, you know, because she likes you and you're the first person I've ever seen her really take to. Uh, As that's happening, her and Trent are, like, becoming less enemies and more involved. They end up, uh, you know, involved, involved. So they end up falling in love. And he knows, like, he knows that she is, most of the book is, like, him and her basically saying like, she's like, you know, I'm coming for you, right? Like, I have to do this. I can't tell you why, but like, I have to do this. And he is like, yeah, I know you're coming for me. But you know, I don't care at this point. You know, he's like, you're not going to get anything. It's an enemies to lovers. And it's it is so good. I feel like it has just the right amount of like angst and happiness and sadness. There's a pretty big twist towards the end. As well, uh, L.J. Shen is just such a such a good author. So amazing, queen. Uh, yeah,
0: she's a queen.
1: Yes, definitely. Like I, that's the kind of angst that I like too. Like when you know it's coming, and L.J. Shen's usually really good about like you know everything that's coming, and it's gradual enough that you you're not like swept away at least and then that's just a personal opinion of mine because that's what i like i like to know when i'm going to hurt so i can like prepare for it
0: yeah it's a it's a really good one i agree with courtney um that whole series is fantastic it's one of my absolute favorite series of all time um but- the
1: best part about this series is that they have a second gen series and all of them are out so all of the adults books are out and all of them um, their kids uh series is done as well
0: and the kids friends okay so my last one this one basically if you have any triggers at all don't read this one I was on the fence with it for a long time and finally today was like you know what I'm just gonna try and see what happens. So the taboo trope that it is is necrophilia. Um, It's Skeleton King by Charity B. So I, I ended up loving it. I didn't think I was going to. I did not expect to even like it. I wasn't even sure if I was gonna finish it like before I started because I I just assumed that was something that was like a hard stop for me. But I'm finding out I don't have a lot of hard stops. So yeah, I mean, any trigger that you could imagine is probably in this book. So if you do have triggers, this is probably not for you. But basically, the main male character was... Oh, I should also say it. it's like a retelling of The Nightmare Before Christmas. If you've seen that movie and like you're familiar with it, you can kind of guess some of the things that are happening in the book. But so the main male character was abused as a child and by his mom, who was, I would say, like brainwashed and abused herself as a child. So she had like religious brainwashing. And her father had her, had genital mutilation done to her. So, due, due to their religious beliefs so he was abused due to the religious brainwashing where he kind of was taught that like all things sex are bad including masturbation which she referred to as self-rape so he's got a lot of uh trauma about that he is scared of women scared of rejection scared of you know just anything to do with Uh, women and sex and whatever, whatnot. In turn, he finds out that, you know, if they're dead, they can't reject you, they can't hurt you, they can't make fun of you or anything like that. So he ends up becoming a grave robber and uh, having sex with dead bodies. So he also is a taxidermist. So the way this town is set up is like, it's all gated off. And it's everybody that lives there is free to live their darkest desires out in the open. And there's no judgment in the town. That's like one of their only laws, is that you don't judge other people. So he's kind of looked at as a king. So he grave robs, and then he sells the parts that he doesn't use for taxidermy. So the bones can be used to make furniture, hair is used to make makeup brushes, I mean just things of that nature. Um, So once he's done using the bodies for his own purposes, he can then um, like sell off the parts or taxidermy them. So also he would be, the names are changed, but he would be Jack as far as like Nightmare Before Christmas goes. He's the skeleton king. And then Sally, or in the book her name is Sarah, she is abducted as a child by Fink, he's the scientist. And he tortures her and she gets raped like daily, sometimes multiple times a day. But she doesn't know any different because she's been going through this as a child. So one of his things that he does is he like amputates parts of her body and then sews them back on. Or like cuts her up and sews her back together. So she's like a patchwork ragdoll. He has always thought that Sally was nice to him. Like he wasn't as scared of Sally as he was of other women and she has always admired him and kind of like watched him from afar for the majority of her life for the 10 years that she's been in this town and so they eventually end up getting together but it does cause some drama in the town um as far as like the oogie boogie man goes that's not his name in the book but it's similar enough and so it's just there's a lot of dark themes but it does end up in a happy ever after and i i loved it i wasn't even expecting to like it and i loved it um the necrophilia part is it's more towards the beginning it doesn't last the entirety of the book it starts off with such a big shock factor in the first couple of chapters that it kind of like sets the tone so that after that it's not as difficult to swallow as far as the rest of the book goes so if you can make it through the first like two chapters then i would think anyways you should be fine to read the rest of the book you'd probably enjoy it that'll really tell you you know how how strong your your stomach is as long as you're not reading it while eating apparently i did that and it wasn't it wasn't my best move yeah i did eat breakfast this morning while i read it and it wasn't wasn't my best move yeah like i said I mean. It is very dark. It is, I mean, triggers all over the place. But it's, it, I liked it. I, lo- I loved it. I thought it was great. Like I said, it, once you read the first two chapters, you, the tone is set. You know how this is going to go. You know that this is not a happy town or happy themes. This is people living out their darkest desires all over the place, out in the open. So, y- you know that that it's going to be fucked up right off the beginning. So, If you can make it through those first couple chapters and the rest of it is a lot easier to take in and i i knew going in that it wasn't going to be joy and sunshine so it wasn't that bad for me i could see how it would be for other people but for me like i didn't have an issue i thought the love story was sweet um they're just two broken people wanting to find somebody who is not going to break them anymore and that's uh i mean that's really what it boils down to they just don't want to be broken anymore then they find each other and it's, it's sweet in its own twisted way.
1: (laughs) So that is all I have. All right. Um, I will not be picking that up. Um, (laughs) just be, we, we've talked about it, um, outside of the, you know, outside the podcast. Why personally I won't be picking it up, but for those of you who, um, are into the darker side or things like that, it did, it did sound like it, it was interesting yeah, I will it was, say it was good.
0: It was good. <laughs> just you, you just have to know your own, your own Founders. strengths, I guess, as far yeah. as that goes. Like, if you can handle a dark, like really fucking dark book, then absolutely by all means. If you can't, then don't. You're not going to like it. it. It's definitely not for everyone,
1: but I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. And I, I think that's it. You know, I do want to shout out the used and bound anthology uh it is still up on kindle unlimited i wanted to double check first so it's by multiple authors essentially hits most dark slash taboo tropes yeah tropes as far as good like forced pregnancies dub con, stuff like that it's it's really good uh i read it a while ago and i i just saw it i, I came across it on my phone and uh just wanted to throw it in there just as a as a recommendation, personally, I f- I liked most of the stories in there. A couple of them were not for me, personally. And there's, like, one third-person one in there, which I didn't read at all because I don't read third-person stories. But I, as far as it goes, I really liked it. And it, it really is, like, the ultimate taboo anthology, so.
0: Yeah, and I think we're both pretty big taboo fans, like, in general. So if anybody would be interested in more of these oh, yeah. just let us know because we definitely have a courtney would text me and be like i can't think of anything for this and i was like here's five that i know you've read <laughs> like we definitely have more than what we just uh went over but these are just the uh kind of the main ones that popped into our head when we think yeah. of these tropes
1: so it was only uh, for that specific one and i just i couldn't it's not that I couldn't think of any. It was the age gap one. I couldn't think yeah. of any that didn't have like a daddy theme. And I looked up age gap romance. And because I've read so many daddy themed books, anytime I type in any sort of age gap, it hits me with like three pages of daddy stories before it gives me anything that doesn't have that. Because the Kindle's like, we know what you like. Just read this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Just call him daddy.
1: I actually found a couple good daddy books too while we were there. So it it all worked out.
0: I'm a fan of the daddy stuff. I call my husband daddy.
1: I don't do that. <laughs> I don't because my kids do it. I don't do it myself. It's, it's, I, I don't think I would have a problem with it. But I I hear my kids say daddy like all freaking day. And so I I just I haven't
0: yeah no, gotten I,
1: into uh, doing it in the bedroom, and I don't think that I mean I just would, that's like, yeah I,
0: okay, so that is all we have for today. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode and maybe found some new books that you're interested in or new tropes that you're interested in. Don't be scared of the taboo. you can always put the book down if you don't
1: like it, um, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, explore and grow. Your, you know, likes and dislikes cuz here's the thing, you don't know if you're going to like it until you try it. Like I'm not yeah. saying obviously to ignore your boundaries or things like that, but If you're on the fence about something and it's not something that will trigger you, obviously, if you're on the fence about something, do it. Absolutely go through it because I have been on the fence, but I was on the fence about um, Double-Edged. Well, you know, I was was skeptical (laughs) and she was like, it looks good. And I was like, fine. And so I, you know, when I took the plunge, I was like, this is actually such a good book. We were reading
0: it when it got banned.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually still on my um it's still I still have it in my library because we were, I'm scared to delete it because yeah. I, I, I enjoy rereading it.
0: We refuse to return it. We're keeping it forever. Okay. So we will see you next week for a bi weekly book review. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.